Welcome to the Route 77 podcast. In this episode, we're diving headfirst into the complexities of Christian dating, singleness, and the lessons learned along the way. Join our candid discussion as we unpack personal experiences and bring forth the wisdom we've gathered from our journeys. So sit back, relax, and join us as we navigate the multifaceted world of Christian dating and relationships. Welcome to the Route 77 Podcast. I am your host, Natasha. I am here with Monique. Hello. And David. Hello. Uh, I have a bit of a squeaky voice. That's okay. Yeah, I think a lot of people do. I think it's somewhat allergy-driven. Yes. And there's so much smoke in the air because the Alberta wildfires and BC has wildfires. And I noticed this morning when I got up, there was quite a bit of haze in the trees and stuff. So yeah. Today's topic is an exciting one for Monique. Because she will hopefully finally get her question answered. And what question was that? Refresh, refresh our memories about what, what the question is that you had that one time to a pastor. How does a Christian single date? And what was his answer? He called me Jezebel. Well, that's hopefully. <laughs> the funny thing is we just read in the Bible about Jezebel. And I'm going, I don't see the correlation. <laughs> she has nothing to do with dating. <laughs> She's just an evil queen. <laughs> So, so is he calling me evil? Not very nice. I was, I was only a new Christian. Yeah. So hopefully we can answer Monique's question in a way that's satisfactory, that doesn't call her Jezebel. So apparently this podcast is about dating. Yes. We're going <laughs> to hopefully talk about dating, even though I will admit that is not something I have very practiced at. My experience is courtship. My parents wanted me to do courtship. I want to say I almost dated a guy in college. Like it was like this, but I didn't, I was, he was just a really good friend, but he wanted to be more and I didn't really, and I wasn't sure. And then it was weird. And then I think I heard him because I didn't say anything soon enough. So he got farther along in his feelings, even though we didn't really officially date, we just hung out a lot. And then my ex was my other experience. So that wasn't the best uh, relationship either. So that's my Total some experience of dating. And for me, mine was all secular, pretty much. And how about you, David? All I have experience with is a six month fling, or not fling, but six, <laughs> six months in high school. He had this thing. thing <laughs> yeah, I had this thing. Anyway, yeah, it was all right. It was a new experience for me. But it just lasted six months. And that was about it. It taught me a lot about people. So hopefully our lack of experience and this doesn't hinder us from hopefully giving some good advice because it's something that we've thought about. I've thought about it. I haven't, just because I haven't done it doesn't mean I haven't learned anything from my, the little bit of experiences I did have and thinking about it as a single person. And for the thousands of years that I've been single, I have thought about it more than once or twice because, you know, as a single person, sometimes that loneliness sets in and you go, Geez, it would be nice to date somebody, but there's just never anybody to date. Yeah. So. Lack of options is sometimes a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. But I guess the idea, too, is like dating is a relatively new thing in relation to the world. Like, I don't think it was a common thing. You mean even a couple true? hundred years ago, even in society? Oh, really? Uh, I don't know. I think there's a lot more of arranged marriages or... There was more of a courtship, I think, which was more formal. Formal, yeah. Making sure you had your chaperone there. And there was a lot of who is proper to courts and how, yeah, it's more of a formality behind it. What you speak of is more directed at either royalty or aristocrats. If you look at people within the lower communities, such as farmers and stuff, then there's more, then there is an actual period of getting to know each other. And I guess that would be considered probably the dating area. But most of the time within these categories, it would be you grew up with the person kind of thing. It's interesting. Curiosity got the better of me. Apparently, the term dating was actually coined by a guy named George Ade in the Chicago record in 1896 when he told a story about this guy whose girlfriend's head was getting turned by other men 
And when Artie confronted her, he said, I suppose the other boys filling all my dates. So I guess that's when it started to become yeah. coined as dating. Dating. Yeah. Filling the dates. Filling the dates. Yeah. So I think we can we can just call it dating for the purpose of what we're talking about, unless we're talking about a specific way of doing things like arranged marriage or courtship as specified like the past. That way we don't have to keep qualifying what we're saying. So if we just say we'll define it as a person attempting to find a spouse. I guess even with when I give it a definition, I was saying the purpose of finding a spouse. But I guess even that isn't guaranteed, especially in this society, in this culture. Yeah. Um, I believe the one of the wisest things to do, though, is if you aren't a person that's ready to be married. And I'm not saying that you're ready to marry like whatever it is person that you're going out with like the first day. I just mean in general, if you're not ready to look at that as being an end goal, a possible end goal, then I think you're not ready to date. Because you're going to give that other person an expectation of something that may never happen. Yeah. Or you might get yourself into some difficulties because you go places that you weren't ready to go to. You can end up with, there could be pregnancies, there could be STDs, there could be even like damaged emotions. Damaged emotions. And things that. No. That could have been avoided if you're not prepared to that that be an end goal. I think there some people go in like with the court the courting thing that I was in. The idea was that they wanted you to always go in with marriage as the end goal. So like I'm going out with this person, I'm going to be courting this person, and then what you're doing is you're finding out if that's the person you can be married to. And I almost feel like that almost gets like too serious too quickly like it's so focused on okay let's figure out if we're good for each other or not yeah, and it's such we're, a, we're, ru- we're running for the altar it's exhausted and it's just, it and it's if you and they'd say yeah if you decide not to get married that's a successful courtship just as much as a person who does get married yeah because and i think there is some truth to that where like if you've decided even when you're dating that you are not right for each other then that's not a failure that's I think wisdom. Yeah. You're saying this isn't something that should be going long term. And so that I think a lot of times people think it's a failure, see these things as a failure instead of just like, why do people date? Why do people court? Why do people do these things? It's to see if they're compatible, if they're like connecting with this person, if it's a person they could see themselves married to. And if you, if the answer is no, then that's not a failure. That's, yeah, it's that's, just a wise decision realizing that this is a, the person. That you were meant to spend the rest of your life with. Yeah, and that's okay. That's okay. But like you said, you do want to be sure. Just because you're attracted to somebody and you like somebody doesn't necessarily mean you should date that person if your ultimate goal is not to get married, especially within the next five, ten years. Yeah. If you're not prepared, you don't feel as a person. If someone said to you, would you be ready to be married? like tomorrow to a person, not even specific person. And you're like, your first initial reaction is, oh no, like I still like want to finish college or I don't feel like I'm in that place. I'm not like, I haven't found myself or whatever it is. There's a reason to flip twice at why am I looking to date if I'm not ready? There's a flip side to that coin too, because there are actually people, and I'm not going to point that it's just, that it's a guy thing or a girl thing who are, because of family trauma or just their own personal thought is that they just, they're just not interested in getting married. And I've known couples who have dated and they dated for five years. And the one person was always waiting and expecting to get married only to find out that the other person had absolutely no intention of ever getting married. They were just dating for the companionship. So that one person who was waiting to get married, you could say wasted those years with somebody who had absolutely no intention of getting married. Yeah, I think it's hard to put, you don't want to put it like too serious, too early. Oh, am I, is this the type of person I can marry? Because yeah, those, should. that should be in your head. Like when you start to see things and you be like, can I live with that? If it's just like they chew with their mouth open and you're like, is that something I can live with? <laughs> Versus they're very rude to waiters. There's different things you can start to yeah that like there there are red flags to look to watch for or even you want to say red flags because there are people who can be very bad to get involved with but then there's just things that you're just like 
I don't know if that's, I'm okay with that. They put the toilet paper roll on the way or something. <laughs> yeah, you maybe live with that. Squeeze, but... squeeze the toothpaste in the middle. <laughs> Make them, it's like, what have you done? Did you massacre the toothpaste team? There's some people who aren't comfortable with being married or the thought of being married to someone who's in the military service because it's like a type of lifestyle. It's a very different lifestyle. But like those are type of things. There's not necessarily a red flag in a sense where they're bad people. It's just, are you, is that the type of life you're willing to right. lead? So those are questions that there you are people can, who could be away from home for long periods of time or in danger if you're in the yeah. police force or in, even in yeah. like paramedic and whatnot, you could be, your life could be in danger. So you don't know. For some people, like they just don't know if their spouse is coming home. Yeah. And some people can live with that and some people can't. Yeah. So these are all things like you can be aware of. And as things progress, then you want to become, okay, then I think expectations need to be discussed. Yes. Like then it's, it doesn't even have to be like, okay, we're engaged. No, if you're starting to think about this as, then you actually go, hey, maybe this is a person I could see myself married to. Then it's time to have an expectations conversation, I think. Because what is your expectation? And it doesn't have to be tomorrow, like not engaged tomorrow, but is marriage on the horizon? Right. Because that's where you can get the... And I think you can probably tell within the first, as much as that, was it Josh who wrote that book? As much as there was a lot that was not right, there was some things that were good, like giving yourself that three-month window to determine if the person you are in a relationship with is somebody that you can continue in being in a relationship with past. Because sometimes you can tell within the first three months of just being friends, if that person is somebody who is compatible with you, for one, and is somebody that you can see yourself being with for a longer term. Yeah. Because if we go back just a little bit and we look at the Bible and we go, okay, what's the way we should date? What's the way this should happen? What does the Bible tell us to do? Really, it tells us nothing. It doesn't tell us specifically. The only thing it tells us is to make sure that this other person is a believer. That's the only thing we're told concretely. And there should be a proviso on that too, though. Because just because a person is a believer doesn't necessarily mean that person is the right one for you either. Because what if you go to different churches? What if you belong to different denominations? Yeah, like there can be the idea, like what happens if you are from a believer's baptism church and the other person is from a child baptism church you could both believe like solid doctrinal issues and be fine but as say friends but when it comes to having a child you might have an issue with right. that do i baptize my child do i not like which parent gets to have their who gets way yes <laughs> and that can lead into things so that's again an expectational thing yeah it's what if you're you have a my, my ex was super into the charismatic, hyper-charismatic, not just charismatic, hyper-charismatic churches, and I was not comfortable with that. There's whole other issues why he was, but that was really difficult. So I just couldn't be comfortable in those churches. I come from a very Reformed background, very conservatively Reformed background, and compared to even the church that I'm going to, it, I'm... You're more conservative than our church? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. I think the only thing that's going to get more conservative is like Mennonites. Isn't Presbyterian. So that's Reformed Presbyterian. Presbyterian. Yeah, okay. Anything to add in here, David? To be honest with you, I'm viewing stuff like the difference between whether your child should be baptism is very, and this could just be me too. I'm seeing it as a very trivial difference or like a very trivial difference between something because i was expecting more like critical beliefs like in certain specific situations should does jesus say do this or do this how does jesus teach treat people i'm more thinking of like higher critical situations what is your fundamental belief and what do you think jesus stood for kind of thing stuff like should my child get baptized as a child or as an adult or should they be able to make their own choice when they become of age doesn't really seem that important to me i understand it could be important to others but i'm having a hard time trying to wrap my head around why that would be such a massive breaking point in relationships you can have that say with somebody who is catholic and somebody who is protestant but those are dramatically two different things. They're core beliefs, money. 
yeah, but they still, but they still different. say that they're but believers. Even like, but even like from where I was going before with Northview, which is a great church, they believe in believers' baptism. They practice believers' baptism, and I was baptized as an infant, and that was causing an issue for me to become a member there because I didn't believe I should get baptized just to check a box to say I've been baptized as an adult. I didn't believe that was the correct way of doing it. I didn't think that was the spirit of what baptism is about. And yet I'm okay, like as a person, like I can have a friend who believes that and I'm completely okay with that. But if it was like my the person sure. I was married to, that would create like a complete, it would create like a whole other area of friction that. So that, that's one of the critical points that it, that is also what I probably should have mentioned is that if a church has to explicitly require you to be baptized, I see that more as a requirement or a dependency in order to be part of a community than you expressing your faith to God. The thing is that with baptism, for me, I always saw it as something that one person chooses to do, but it was never something that someone should hold over someone else. and gatekeep them from specific communities just because they haven't been baptized because it's supposed to be a profession of your faith not something that you hang over someone and say look you need to do this before you can be a part of our community it seems very anti-christ to me i think it's more of that there are multiple denominations especially those who are non-denominational who believe that as to be baptized you have to be of an age to understand what that baptism means. <clears throat> in the Reformed faith, in the Baptist people who... Everybody has like their, they believe they're doctrinally sound in those areas. Yeah, where infant baptism is a, illegitimate because it's rather than circumcision, they now do the yeah, baptism. Yeah, there's a reason for it. And we can, I don't want to get no. I'm sorry, I'm misunderstanding of what you guys see infant baptism. From what I observed and from what i'm seeing is is that it's not so much a profession of the child's faith but a profession but uh, but a declaration of the parents saying i'm going to raise this child you're baptizing the christian them, home you're baptizing them to bring them under the covenant yep. but you can see it's david that even like with our conversation like how, where, where, where that division is happening already and it's not mo malicious no it's not it's malicious just, but when he comes, and that's just one example, like baptism is just one example. There are um, others. My friend, she was from a more, not more charismatic, but just more like a Baptist type background. And she married someone in a Reformed church and she had to come to terms with that. Like her husband, she allowed him to take the lead in that. Yeah. But it was a struggle for her to have her children baptized when she was used to believing, like so, believers baptism. And even how they how they kept the sabbath she was raised to believe that you keep one day a week as the sabbath so if you have to work on sunday then you try to take another day as a sabbath day and that was totally fine and not that the specific sunday like sunday had to be the day and yet from that reformed church it was like more focused yes. on being the sunday and so just those areas it just it creates a more difficult yeah. time for the people who are married and it doesn't mean they can't get a, come overcome these things but it becomes a it can be a difficult, yeah, things, yeah, because there there are some churches who are more, I'm going to say strict rather than using what the charismatics will say. They're just too legalistic. They're um, not spiritual. They're spiritual. But some churches are more strict in keeping certain things. So if you're from, say, even if you're from bars, which is a Christian Reformed church, but you have somebody who goes to say, a Dutch Reformed Church, and I'm going to pick on the Dutch because I'm Dutch and I'm allowed to. The Dutch Reformed Church is a lot more strict in certain areas where we are called, they call us the black sheep of the Reformed Churches because we're a lot more liberal. But if you're from our church and you go to the Dutch church, you might find some of the things that they require you to, it could be really difficult. And almost like you you can see how you can get into arguments over certain things because of you know how they, uh, so even though yeah. you're presbyterian right yeah they're so very like, strict this too. is just an example and then we're not saying don't date someone like who's outside of your denomination we're just saying be aware 
that because you're gonna you're, emotions are one thing, but living day to day and your beliefs out are another thing. Yeah, because you're gonna have to ask yourself whose church are you gonna go to. Yeah, if you both go to different churches, that is something you're gonna have to. If you like your church, and the person you're dating likes their church, you're gonna have to decide: Do you change your church? And I'll say many times it's told the woman should because she needs to be submissive to her husband. Yeah, and so almost. I would I won't say every time, but most times it comes down to that as being the ruling. I don't know the, the decision is it goes yeah. that way. And I'm not going to say that's right or wrong, but I'm just saying that's how it tends to come down to it. So instead of actually, I think, working out these things, it tends to just be like it's this way or the highway. Yeah, <laughs> almost yeah. It, almost predominantly the woman gives up her, her what she wants in order to keep the husband happy. Keep or the, the peace. The, keep the peace. Yeah. Which is sad, if you think about it. So it's just something when you go. How would that be sad, money? Be- because it's the woman. It's like the woman always has to step down. Yeah, that it doesn't matter if she has like good reasons for doing it. They aren't encouraged to have those discussions. It's just just submit. Yeah. And that, but the whole situation another... you just created implies that she didn't have a choice in the matter. It almost comes to that. Yeah. Because right. a, a lot of times it comes down to that, It unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, because a lot of times this stuff never really gets thought or talked about until they're married. Yeah. And then it is really difficult to yeah. pull back and say, hey, wait a minute. Did I think this through? Yeah. And a lot of times it's basically about the personality things where men are, can tend to be more analytical. And women tend to be a lot, a little bit more on the emotional side. So for a woman, her important part is to keep the family. And the guy's thing is to support the family. So women tend to, in order to keep the family, will step down or step back in order to keep the family unit. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they've changed their mind. No, they just, just, they've just chosen to do that. And so it can create a resentment. It can create difficulties because there's teaching the children which direction. And it can be like, hey, wait, and they see mom say, like saying one thing or acting one way and dad acting another way. And it gets very confusing. Yeah. 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 So it's difficult. And again, you, it's just to point that out that you go, hey, this person's a Christian. It doesn't matter anything else because the Bible just says as long as they're Christian. You're like, yeah, but we also live in a fallen world with fallen people. And there are these schisms and divisions that are there it's something to really take seriously yeah and have some of these conversations before you even get engaged i would say when things start getting serious have a conversation of expectations it's funny because um, when i took the alpha course nikki gumble used to tell this joke about these two guys who met and they say, oh, I'm this and oh, I'm that too. And oh, and I'm this and this. And, oh, I'm this and this and too. And then they get to the where they believed on so many points. And then there was one point that they did not agree on. And the other one pushed them off the bridge. is like, you heretic. It's, it may seem like minor issues because it's just, it's just this. It's just because like I said, between friends, it's just, okay, you can believe whatever you want to do. That's fine. I could still be best friends with you. Yep. Because it's not in that intimate marriage to yep. becoming one relationship. There's nothing more sad on a married couple, speaking from a former wife's perspective, going to church by yourself because your husband either doesn't go to church or goes to a different church and will not go with you to your church. And you don't want to go to your, his church because you don't like his church and his church is just terrible. So you want to go to your own church because you like your church and you've got so many friends there. Yeah. So both of you are ending up sitting by yourself in your own respective churches or. And again, that's not like saying one person is right. One person's wrong in that situation. No. I think we're given freedom to to live out our convictions. And I think with just, I knew we brought the the example, I don't want to go down the trail, but like of the baptism, like there's like honest, hardworking, like thought process has gone into both views. Yes. And so I'm not saying like that one is like the one I believe to be true is the truth and everyone else is wrong, is (laughs) going to the AT double hockey sticks. That's funny. 
And so, but it's again, like two people, like even if Monique and I, we pretty much agree on everything so far, but even if we didn't, it's not like, that's it. We're it's done. Not, like it's the end of the world. That's it. I'm moving out because we're not that type of relationship. <laughs> no, just so we're not. We are not. We're just, just friends. Just friends. Sisters in Christ. Yes. There you go. Fist, Fist bump. bump. <laughs> that's just silliness. Yes, we're very. Yeah. So that's just something to think about. Yeah. That's what I said. I said at the beginning, once you get by that initial, maybe we're thinking about going a little bit more serious, it's time for expectations. And it doesn't have to be expectations like we're getting married at this time and this time. If you're saying something like, what's your expectation? Is marriage an expectation, a possible expectation? And the other person's like, wait, no, like I'm not even there. Then you have an answer. The second one is, what about children? Yeah. Because if one person wants children and the other one doesn't, yeah, that can be in there. So, yeah, there's so many things that can be talked about and done well. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said, don't consider breaking up or not pursuing something more serious as a failure. Like, I think that's one of the biggest things that happens is people oh, I just can't get this dating thing right because I haven't found the person. If you've taken people off of your list because you didn't believe that it was the right person, then that's just as important. Yes, because nothing is worse than being married to the wrong person. Yeah, and by wrong, we mostly mean abusive. Yeah, but even but if, it, it's, it can, if it's, it doesn't even it can be, be. Diffi- It can be more difficult than it needs to be Yeah, if you end up marrying somebody who, like we said, has different doctrinal beliefs. Yeah, different viewpoints on morality, on life, on church, on family, on relationships. Because if you get into these kind of relationships, you'll find yourself with frustration, with anger. You find yourself arguing all the time. And if you're in a dating situation, you realize, you know, that this person that you are seeing, it doesn't, there are just too many things there that will cause too much conflict and you decide to end that relationship, that's actually a win, not a loss. Because if you keep pursuing that relationship... Even if there's temporary, like, emotional pain. Yeah. Like, even if there's emotional pain, usually that's very temporary if you have gone about things wisely. And then there's actually, like, a relief, like, oh, yeah, that was... I'm so glad that we didn't go that direction. And that means, like, not doing not getting physical in your relationship because that will cause greater pain if you're trying to break up out of that relationship. So we tend to say, don't go there. You're not ready to go there. Yeah, and, and, and biblically, God told says, you not to go there. Yes, God says, says, don't go there. Wait till you're married. Yes. There's a reason for that. And it's not because he wants to destroy your fun. It's because... Or repress your sexuality. Or repress your sexuality. It's because he does not want you to be hurt. And he wants to protect you from... And he has like a... He's got a plan. A good and pure way to pursue that or to sh- express that. Yes. And See, where was this conversation when I was asking these questions? Hopefully this can help anybody else. Or yes. ourselves. You never know. We, we are happy with our singleness at the moment, but who knows what God will do. But there are other things to watch out for too. And I wish I had known that. When I was in that vulnerable place of wanting to be in a relationship, things to watch out for in, especially for, for women, because we tend to end up in abusive relationships predominantly more than men do. Not saying that men don't get into abusive relationships because women can be really nasty. If, if you're in a relationship, if you ever find yourself saying these words, it seems too good. To be true, chances are it is. Chances are it is. So if you, if the person you're dating doesn't get along with your friends or your family, starts acting possessively, possessively, yeah. So these are things to watch out for, to be mindful of. Don't put those rose-colored glasses on and thinking, oh my gosh, he's just the, he's like my knight in shining armor. Or he's like a hurt puppy that you can take care of and fix. Oh yeah. Now, if he just has enough love, if I could just give him all the love, that will cure him. Love and understanding and whatnot. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But he's a bomb. He doesn't work. He does drugs. He drinks. He watches pornography. I'm sorry. You can't fix that. 
<laughs> you do not have the qualifications. You yes. are not a psychiatrist. A uh, wife is not supposed to be that. No. Or a husband. Or a husband. Yeah. No, because women can be that way too. Yeah. And it's not just, it's not just a girl to a guy thing, guy to a girl thing too. Anything to add, David? No, it's hard for me to comment on any of this because you're the, you two are the ones who experience these relationships. Right. Or have experience within these, with these realms. So yeah, I don't really have anything that I contribute other than criticizing specific stuff. <laughs> the only way I can intervene is to be a little hostile. Are you going to be a red flag? He's going to be a referee and throw the flags in front of us. He's going to play devil's advocate and tell us where, we're, where we've gone off track. But even then, I don't really have a place to say. Oh, well, yes. I, can, I can't really criticize something that I have no experience in. Yeah. So at your high school, the girl that you were dating in high school, it was just you guys just dated for a while. And then it was just like, yeah, this isn't working out. And that was it. It was working for me, but after about six months, I don't think she, I don't think there was. Huh. I'm not exactly sure what happened because for for me, it was out of the blue when she decided to break off the relationship. But and I tried to get answers, but that never works out, does it? <laughs> I've honestly you know, thought about it. I don't really think about it much anymore. But after the breakup, I thought about it a lot, and I actually I feel like it was the opposite that I. <laughs> really engage enough in the actual relationship oh well to to and i i don't want to blame my autism for it but it could very well be a factor if it was just high it is hard for me to either express or recognize emotional <laughs> states in myself and other so i think it was the i think it was from from just looking back and observing i think it was just a lack of engagement on my part but I don't know. I tried asking her to, I tried asking her to explain or to point out specific, pretty much to criticize her relationship. Right. I didn't explicitly say that, but I tried to get her to tell me why and et cetera. She may but, not have, she may not have known herself either. Or she may not have wanted to say. Yeah. It's probably yeah. to say. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting, that's an interesting thought there that you had, David, because <clears throat> Mental illness is a huge thing nowadays. Autism, like I, I know so many people who have Cognitive. different various stages of autism, ADHD, AD, OCD, bipolar. There are so schizophrenia. many schizophrenia, and there's so many levels and degrees. It's a spectrum. It's definitely a spectrum. It's definitely yeah. that as a person who is who. Saying you have a girl who is interested and wants to date you, she should have that understanding that because of your autism, the relationship may be a little bit more challenging or just look different than the typical TV. Yes. Okay. And we shouldn't base our relationships on fairy tales, TV romances. You movies. mean Disney is that how it happens? No. What? I'm sorry. Oh, We're not. My whole childhood and life is you cannot find a shrek Be i'm more like <laughs> i'm more like wanna be like mulan just run off and join the army i heard you were more like rapunzel i am such a bad daughter not yet i definitely connected with rapunzel and tangled <laughs> that scene but i also definitely connected with mulan and her scene <laughs> her scene with reflections there so, yes so you know there there is that sad thing because there are so many romance novels and books and fairy tales and movies and TV shows that it gives us a skewed concept of what relationships are. We get this romantic notion that we well, should like, have... It happens like that, but I think I remember hearing this one movie was supposed to be about, and I didn't watch it. I don't think it was a great movie. What was it? Content. But the concept was that there was the guy, but he was involved in pornography and watching pornography. And then there was the girl, but she was really into romance novels. And they were like basically starting to try to date. And so you have two people who have completely unrealistic expectations of what a relationship is supposed to look like. That wasn't Fifty Shades of Grey. No. Because I think that's another one. Yeah, no, that's just another one. That, yeah, that one's just weird. And, Don't go there. Yeah. But the concept interested me because yeah we always bash on the pornography which it should be bashed 
But we forget that women, and I have been like that too, where you can get so wrapped up in the romance novels, the TV show, all those ones, and you just go, this is how it's supposed to be. And then the person isn't that, but then I'm no princess either. So (laughs) what am I expecting? But wearing silly dresses. (laughs) I'm not. But yes, Mulan, definitely. But yeah, it's, we have these kind of preconceived notions of how it's supposed to look. And when you, then you actually put real life people who have their own issues and it could be anything from autism to chronic illnesses or just a normal person who's goes through their normal life. Like you just, there's, there has to be like a, like more of a give and take for what's going on. These are real people. And you're not going to find a perfect person. You're not a perfect person. And then you like, you have to, and you realize that and hopefully every, you can. Every person goes to the bathroom. What? My, my ex said that. He said that pretty girls never have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Evidently, I wasn't a pretty girl because or, I had to go to the bathroom. I don't even. Yeah. You don't even know what to say. For that I just want to be like, what? Is it just the condensate off of them or? Or they're just so good at reusing all their food that they just don't require it. I have no. They're so efficient. <laughs> they're so efficient with their food, and I have no idea. It well, whenever he said that, I would just kind of look at him like, "Are you even? Are you even a part of this planet?" Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. This is often off topic again. No, but no. These are but it's true. These are things. People are real people. Yeah. They have. They get sick, we get colds, we get snotty noses, we cry, we grow up when we're sick. And whatever else. Women get crabby once a month. Yes. Until you hit menopause and then you've got a whole different set of issues. You have to realize that you are, that you want to be in a relationship with a real person who is a sinful person. Yeah. Because. Fallible. Fallible. Fallen. Fallen. They are crazy people. Yeah. And thankfully, we're saved by grace. And if we look at each other with that grace and not have such. Then we look at what marriage really is, is the symbol of Christ in the church. And then you realize that Christ is the perfect bridegroom. Oh, that's another thing I got told to write out a list of things that I wanted in the husband. So when I wrote out the list, I realized that I had Jesus. So you were already complete and you didn't even know it. Who knew? So I guess that's the other thing. People, when they're thinking about dating and whether they should date, it's like, why? Yes. And yes, that you want to get married is going to be the answer. But is that like you're at this moment in your life is your goal to get married? Is that the purpose of your current life? Or is that something that is you're open to happening? Yes. So if you create like the purpose of your life right now is to get married. Like my purpose in going to university was to get married. It was not to get a degree. It was because that's what you do after you finish high school. But that's because that's where you're supposed to meet a guy and get married. That's how it's supposed to happen. So it wasn't to go and learn. No, I had no, it just, the degree was accidental where it just happens. But the marriage part didn't happen, so I ended up with degrees, but a lot of debt and no marriage. So well, how'd that work out? <laughs> like until you taking my master's degree now is a completely different feeling than when I went to university before. And the thing is, I created marriage as my be all and end all goal of the purpose of my life in university and only just skated through. I didn't do my best and I didn't really have a purpose for after it. So I took degrees, which I'm happy to have. Like I were in stuff I was interested in, but I never did anything with them specifically after I finished school. Like I am now and, and I have that education, which is always a part of me. But that was like the it was a wrong attitude to have. And that's where we have to sit back and be like, OK, if you're just worrying about dating, it's like that's what you need to do. You need to get married. You need to date. You need to meet people. You need to do this. Then I have to say, wait a second. Just, just hold on back up just a little bit. We need to reorient what's going on. And I'd say, what is God's purpose in this moment? And like we say here on and, and Route 77 is that you should be active in your single life. And it's not actively looking for a spouse. It's just being active in what God's calling you to do. 
And and again, this is not a recipe to find a spouse by doing X and Y equals married. That's prosperity gospel. If you do X and Y and God's supposed to bring you a spouse. Nope, that's prosperity gospel. That's not what we preach here. Yep. But I can say if your focus is on what God's calling you to do, then you have the chance to becoming around people that you can interact with and do life with and all these things and get to know them in a way that's not so focused on, am I marrying this person or not? You're just going, man, this is a really good guy. Or this guy's going, this really good girl, like good woman. She's look at her on fire for God or him focus on that. And then you get to know each other and you get to see the fruit of those people instead of getting caught up in the emotion or the need to get married. Again, this isn't a guarantee. You could go about God's work and not meet someone. And that's okay too, because you're focused on doing God's work and you won't even realize. Like, that's the thing, like I found out, like I, I don't have any desire to be married now. But I'm also not, I'm not feeling missing out. I feel like I'm doing what God's called me to do and I'm fulfilled in that. And God could, I'd like to, I try not to say never, like I'm never going to get married because God always likes to flip those things over. But if it happens, if it doesn't, either way is fine. I'm completely fulfilled in what I'm in, in my life. It took me a lot longer to get to that place. That's okay. I'm there now. <laughs> We're there now. So that's. So if you step back and instead of so focused on their dating life and focus more on like, what's God calling you to do in this moment of singleness? Mm-hmm. Whether you get married or not, that is not the issue. Or We're not saying write off marriage forever. We don't want people to think this is an anti-marriage ministry. It's not. But we're saying just readjust your focus, readjust your purpose. And then things can come by more naturally. And you have time to see fruit of the people around you. And I know this isn't for everybody. Like some people, it's not going to work that way for everybody. Every, there's, everybody's got their story of how they met their person and why they married them and whatnot. But I can say that what's really necessary is, a, is time. People who are abusive and people who are narcissistic and whatnot, like they will try to get things to go really quickly before you can see their fruit. They can show you the polished outside of the apple without seeing the insides. That's being warming. Yes. If you've had time to be around a person, time to see what they are, how they are just as a person, not trying to impress people around them like you would in a dating situation, it can create like a healthier atmosphere. But again, there's no prescribed way to date in the Bible. So we're just trying to give as the best advice that we can give based on our experiences and what we've believe that God has laid before us. It's again, like I I said, there's not like a, if I go about God's work, God's going to give me a husband. No, that's again, wrong reason. You might be doing the right thing, but the wrong reason. If you, but if you put your focus on God and then it put, it puts you in the, around people who were godly people. You never know who you could meet. Exactly. The thing is, it won't matter. No. Whether you meet the person or not, because you'll be fulfilled in what you're doing. Because yeah. I know that <clears throat> it took me a lot of years because I always waited because I so marriage was my was such a focus for me that I wanted to get married and then what you know wanted to have kids and then all of a sudden that time passed me by and then I they you know then kids was never wasn't a thing anymore so then it was just I just want to get married if I could just find somebody to get married. Well, there was never anybody to marry. And it wasn't that I took myself out of life. It just that in the places that I went to, there was never anybody that I didn't go into places where I could actually meet people. There was the church was full of married people. My work was full of married people. And I'm not a bar hopper or anything. So I often ask myself, what could I have been doing during that time? That might have put me in different situations. But it wasn't until I was in my 50s and then I started doing other things. And then I started going to Taekwondo class and I started to find who I was back. I let myself for too long not. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And when I could have been doing that so much sooner. And when I had a far younger body, there's a verse in the Bible where God talks about redeeming the time that you lost. 
And that's what I feel like this time is in a way that I'm being, that he's redeeming the time I lost. And I think that also happens once we get to eternity, that time gets redeemed. I think Christ has redeemed. Yeah. Deemed it like he, it will all be used for God. He'll use it for his glory. And that's the thing. Like we can see it as, as a waste, as a loss, but then we're using that now. If we didn't have that, we wouldn't have it to use. And it doesn't mean that should we, could we ever do it again? We would do make, we should make the same decisions type of thing, but we can, we can't, because we can't go back. No, we can, God can graciously use these things going forward. I don't ever want to go back and do that all over again. That's another God's grace that we don't have time travel. No. Although if I went back with the information I have now, I would so definitely do things different. (laughs) You have to take yourself where you are right now. And this is where we can hopefully give our experiences to people where they can make different choices so they can make different choices. It's experience does say a lot for, for this topic. A lot of this I wish had been told to me back then when I asked the questions. And that's the thing, like when I was being raised in the church, like there was such an emphasis on the marriage and family that there was never a discussion of what happens if it doesn't happen and what do you do till then? Yeah. You're always trying to change yourself or get yourself in a place where you'll meet the person. Like even going to a retreat or like any function, like it was always without purpose. Yep. Or being on a, going on those singles cruises. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been going, on, I've been on like all the dating, the dating sites, the Christian dating sites, so many of them. Eve Harmony. I had Sovereign Grace Singles, which is, to be fair, was a very good one. It was, it's a reform, one for reform people, which is fine. It's just people that, again, we talked about the denominational differences and stuff. This helped kind of people who had a specific view, but, Otherwise, like there's yeah, Christian Mingle and eHarmony and I don't even know what else. There was so many different ones that to go on. And again, there's nothing wrong with them. It can put you in touch with other people who are looking. But again, I think you need to look at like your purpose in life at this moment. Is it like for me, it was to find that person on there. Yeah. And it wasn't like, here's a place that I could meet people and maybe I can meet somebody, but I'm busy doing this part of my life. I definitely when, have no purpose. You're, when you're busy doing light will find you. Yeah. And it doesn't, yeah. So I guess, does this help answer your younger self's question at all? It, I'm definitely not Jezebel. I don't have the spirit of Jezebel. I believe her spirit left when she died. <laughs> and we all know where it probably went to. It's hard to go back like that. It my is. younger self would be like, yeah, I knew everything. Yeah, whenever crazy person telling me not to look for my husband or whatever. (laughs) Young people seem to know everything anyways. And what do we know? But there are, there's wisdom and you have to be strong enough and more and true to yourself in order to accept what somebody else might say, even if it doesn't feel good. If somebody says, you're just not ready Maybe you should think about something else. Maybe you should really not be with that person. You Can you be that person who can accept these kind of things? That's why you surround yourselves with the people who you can trust. Yep. And even when you don't want to because yep. you want your way yep. to be the right way. Yeah, you want people who will tell you the truth. you got to have the hum- humility to, to hear it. Humility to hear the truth from people. If you're... 100% concerned about stuff like this. You just got to look at your qualities. Do I want these qualities in a partner? And if there's specific qualities you don't want, then you got to work on those qualities for yourself. Well, there's that too. Yeah. Is that who's to say you're the hatch? I'm just not that bag of chips. All that in a bag of chips. Because there's a lot of qualities all of us have or had at some point where we look back on and we think, I don't really want that quality in my partner's spouse. And it could be a circumstance that develops that quality or a pattern or something like that or lack of accountability. So there's quite a few things that you can do, but you really have to look at yourself and understand that, again, you're not perfect and you need to identify the imperfections in yourself. And it's okay to be imperfect. Let me just Mm -hmm. say that. You will always have imperfections But when it comes down to looking for someone that you may want to spend the rest of your life with, 
you have to understand that that there are qualities that you're you're expecting that person to have or that you're looking for in that person and you have to find either qualities that may contradict that in yourself or qualities that you want in them or qualities you don't want in them that you have and if you have those qualities then you have to get rid of them you have to get work on them and that's when communities friends and accountability come in if you want somebody who has integrity you better have integrity yourself and if you don't want someone watching pornography you better not be doing it yourself take out the plank in your own eye before you can start helping you exactly and again the whole focal point if it's if you're doing it so that you're a catch then it's the wrong reason but if you're doing it like because to be more like christ you're doing the right thing for the right reason. That's right. what we want people to do is you got to analyze and say, am I doing the right thing? Oh, I'm doing the right thing. But is it the right reason? Yeah. And I'm that's the doing, harder one to admit to. I'm doing all the standing on the corner, praying out loud so that everybody can see how wonderful I am. Yeah. Go into but the closet. Yes. It needs to be internal changes. Yes. Exactly. And I think that's, I think that's it for today. Yeah, sounds good to me. What about you, David? Anything more do you want to add? Um, this is a very bare minimum. I had six months out of the 27 years of my life to to engage in in all of that. And, and again, this was just me dating. So I never had the experience of marriage or any of this stuff. So it's so I actually found it very hard to engage in this particular topic. That's okay. We appreciate what you have said. Yes, because you have brought a lot to the table, even if you don't think you have. Yes. You're an integral part of our podcast team. Yes. And ministry. I am quite aware of that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. So that'll be it for this podcast. If you want to contact us, find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Email us at root77ministries at gmail.com. That's R-O-U-T-E 77ministries at gmail.com. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's how you spell root. That's in a the route. A route. Root. And tomato, tomato. So find us on a social media or on our email. Yes. Twitter, Instagram. Yep. Give us a shout. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Have a great day. That concludes our insightful exploration into Christian dating and singleness. We hope this conversation has offered some clarity and sparked thoughts about the importance of authenticity, patience, and personal growth in our relationships. Remember, while the search for a partner can be an important journey, it's the development of our character and faith that truly enriches our lives. Thank you for joining us, and we eagerly anticipate our next episode together. Until then, stay grounded, stay curious, and live your single life to its fullest.